Hey, everybody. Hello. This week, Taylor and I are super sick. Hell yeah. <laughs> Waiting for COVID results. It's a good time. <laughs> Great time. But we figured we'd take this opportunity to record. Yeah, and it's Halloween today, so it's a super special episode. Yeah, we don't know <clears throat> if children will be coming. Hopefully no one knocks on our door. We don't know if we have COVID, so we're just going to should we just shoo we, them away. We should have just put a sign on the door like covid stay away <laughs> that's truly terrifying <laughs> happy halloween kids. in the spirit of halloween <laughs> right so anything <clears throat> anything you want to get out of the way before we um, start well i don't know if anybody caught it but last week we kind of had like maybe a spooky visitor in our episode yeah it was really creepy Tay, tell them tell them what that was so uh, during alicia's story she was talking about planes going down or something mm-hmm. and it sounds like it's, no it was when he was going across the six thousand oh, mile lake yeah um and it sounded like my voice telling alicia to shut up yeah and it was really but loud that was not me and she didn't say that while we were recording no and like alicia didn't skip a beat like she didn't acknowledge like or even like think about me saying anything so it definitely know. didn't happen and the like oh yeah the waves on the on on like audacity like our voice like the sound waves on it it was all like distorted and funky looking yeah it was like a huge wave when so... she said shut up so it was really creepy it was creepy but we haven't had anything since so no yeah fingers crossed hopefully i don't know tonight the veil is thin taylor oh yeah we have a full moon new moon oh blood moon mercury and retrograde whatever i don't even know what what's all happening right now but fucking everything fucking everything that's all i have to say okay well i just want to apologize if any of us either of us like cough or sniffle, sniffle or <laughs> sound generally just disgusting <laughs> it's just probably gonna happen so all right are you ready i am ready okay so this week taylor had me do a possession and i am doing the possession of janet moses have you ever heard of her i don't think so not me either i'm excited until now so when i went to go research about janet and her case all of the news articles said a lot of different things and the ratio of articles to ads to the documentary on netflix was like two to one Mm -hmm. so i decided to just watch the documentary and kind of like match news articles Mm -hmm. um so that's where i got most of my information this week it's a really good documentary by the way it's called belief the possession of janet moses if anyone wants to watch i'll have to watch it yes so, in 2007, 22-year-old Janet Moses, who was a mother of two, was murdered while her family performed an exorcism on her. So, growing up, Janet was always described as, like, a relatively happy girl. Um, her family reports she was, like, full of love and always smiling, and she was a really happy and wonderful mother. So, it was really alarming to them when Janet fell into this like deep bout of depression in the weeks leading up to her death. Um, she had been dealing with physical and emotional abuse from her partner who she was with for nine years and who was also the father of her two children. And she really spiraled when she found out about his infidelity nine years into their relationship. And on top of that, as if that's not heartbreaking enough, right. 
her grandmother, who she was described as having a really close and loving relationship with, had recently passed away. So, she was going through a lot. Well, I mean, if she's, like, going through all that, why is her family... Like, not to, like, be insensitive or, like, sound like a dick, but, like, Mm -hmm. why is her family surprised when she goes into this, like, whole depressive state? Right. And it seemed, like, in the documentary that they were just, like this isn't Janet, this isn't normal, but they knew that she was going through it, so I don't know, but they made, like, a really big deal about it. Okay. So, the family that I'm talking about right now, actually, pretty much through the whole story, is her mother's side, and they're people, uh, they're indigenous Polynesian people of New Zealand who are called Maori, and their family is incredibly large, like very large and very close a lot of the family members claim that they're best friends with each other a lot of them live together like a lot of people in small homes and they even have a family sports team which is like that just goes to show you how close they are and how big of a family they are yeah they did absolutely everything together i mean that's awesome though yeah i wish that like my family had a sports team Maybe my sister and I will start a volleyball team. Or maybe both my sisters. Ashley, Chase. (laughs) Right? Yeah, you can go. (laughs) So, um, so when her family noticed that her attitude had completely changed, they were very worried, and they dedicated all their time and love to her and tried to help get her back on track. So, since she, she left her partner Shane after she found out that he was, you know, a piece of shit, and she began staying at her aunt's house in Wanuimata, New Zealand. Um, so there was a day where it was as, as if, like, Janet went from being depressed to something is wrong with her. So it was, like, out of nowhere, she was just at her aunt's house. And all of a sudden, she, she got up. And she was in her pajamas, she was barefoot, and she walked out of her aunt's house into the middle of the street and just kind of, like, stood there, staring off. And she, I mean, she was out there for a while before her aunt noticed, and her aunt Glennis, like, ran out, and her aunt said that she was just standing there muttering, they're coming, they're coming, they're coming, they're coming. Yeah. (laughs) Like, so scared. No. So... This is when Glennis decided, Glennis, her aunt, decided that the family needed to gather for a hui, which is what they refer to as, like, a family meeting. Mm -hmm. And these family meetings were very regular, and it involved all of the family. Like I said, they were, like, really close-knit, and, like, upwards of, like, 40 of them would gather for these meetings. Like, I'm sure I have 40 family members, but, like, that's all of them, (laughs) you know? And this wasn't even all of them. Yeah. So, this family was deeply spiritual, and they had roles. So, the grandmother who had passed, who was really close with Janet, was the leader for many years. Um, But since her passing, the aunt, Glennis, and one of the uncles, John, stepped up to take the roles of the new leaders of the family. So, at this hui... The family talked, and Janet just kind of sat there in the corner, staring motionlessly at the floor. She didn't shed a single tear. She didn't say anything. 
And one of her younger cousins reported that she was sweltering hot, like sweating, but she refused to take her jacket off. Like, can you imagine, like, no. like looking at someone who's just like in a trance, staring at the floor, sweltering hot, and like refuses to take their jacket off? It's like, you're sick. Yeah, there's no. something wrong. So her family gathered, like, cold towels, and they compressed her forehead, and they took turns basically, like, going up to her and saying, like, Janet, we love you. We're sorry if any of us did anything to hurt you. Like, we just want you to feel better and to get help and, like, tell us what we need to do. And she just sat there, did nothing, said nothing. So then they were like, okay, we know what's wrong with her but like what else could it be like obviously like there's something deeper and then one of them mentioned that Janet had like said something about a lion statue that weeks prior they were out celebrating her sister's 21st birthday at this hotel and the lion is like a really big symbol in their family their uncle has a lion tattoo uh, the, the lion is their, like, family sports team logo mascot or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they, like, deeply and spiritually connect with the lion. So when they found this lion statue, they're like, oh, we're going to take this. And Janet reported that – well, not reported, but she confided in one of her family members that she felt like the lion was bringing, like, a curse on. And, like, she felt, like, not right about it. <clears throat> Also, um, one of the family members reported that they believed that this lion statue had been at the hotel that they stole it from for, like, over a hundred years with its, like, twin statue. Wait, they stole it? Yeah, they stole it. So, it, it's, like, a, like, probably three feet tall, solid rock carving of a lion. And there was two of them, and they stole one. Well, yeah, that's going to bring bad energy in. You just stole it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Bunch of kleptos. Not not a good idea. Um, and actually, they, like, I don't think they ever really got in trouble for stealing it. So. Well, I mean, the girl's all messed up now, so I guess that's punishment enough. Right. So, it's a, it's a common belief among the Maori people that conditions are what you make of them. Mm-hmm. And... Janet felt the evil from the statue, and so that's kind of, like, what she manifested. And it's reported among her family that because Janet was so spiritually weak at the time, and because she was going through so much, that she was the most vulnerable, and she allowed this evil to basically possess her. So, like, she manifested it, and then she just allowed it to take over her. Gotcha. So, that evening, after the hui... Many of the family members accompanied Janet back to their grandfather's house where they set up a bedroom for her to sleep. Um, They reported that Janet refused to stay in the room, so they instead set up a bed for her in the lounge area with other family members. This, though, is where the lion statue had been placed, and it was positioned perfectly to face her. Good. Right. No one was like, oh, yeah, we should probably move that. They were just like, it's fine. It's fine. So Janet tried to sleep, but her eyes kept coming back to the statue. And at some point in the night, Janet sat up from the bed and started screaming, which woke up a lot of the family members that were also sleeping in the room with her. And at about midnight, Janet's mom, Ollie, called Glennis to demand that the other family members come gather there and um, basically, like, 
get this lion statue out. So they did that. And while the family members were removing the statue, uh, Janet began to scream, no, 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 like over and over again. And like her aunt had to like hold her and like calm her. But it's just like, there's really something going on with her in that line. (laughs) Yeah. Not, not good. So the next morning was Monday. And the family contacted one of their uncles, Jimmy Rahi, who was a Tuanga, which is a Maori priest described as the medium between the spiritual and the physical in their culture. So Jimmy arrived that day where he prayed over Janet and doused her with holy water. And he declared that he sensed Makutu, Makutu, which is sorcery or witchcraft, but in this case, a curse. Mm -hmm. And he sensed that within Janet and he had a vision of three claws dug into her spirit. So, family members told Jimmy about the stolen lion statue and how they believe that it was the source of Janice Makutu. Makutu. I feel like I'm saying that wrong, but I know I'm not. So, Jimmy went outside to where the family had moved the statue the night before and blessed it before basically saying, like, we have to take this back. So, the next day, on Tuesday, the family loaded up across, like, eight or nine cars. Like, that's how many of them were just, like, going to take this line back like these guys did everything together it blows my mind (laughs) so yeah like eight or nine cars full of these family members um made the trip back over to the greyhound hotel where they put the line back where it belonged and janet rode in the back between her aunt glennis and her paternal grandmother on the way to the hotel and it was on this trip that janet began to have another episode Seemingly from out of nowhere, Janet turned to her paternal grandmother, confused as to why she was there. And so, like I said earlier, this is Janet's mom's side of the family. Mm -hmm. So they're very private about who they let in on inner family things. And so this is why Janet turned to her paternal grandma and was like, why are you here? And then it got scary. So she began to pant and shake and she started screaming, no, 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 not you. You shouldn't even be here. What are you doing here? When this car stops, I'm going to kill you. When this car stops, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. Dude, I just got goosebumps all over my body. That's, like, terrifying. I know, and, like, her grandma's just sitting there next to her, like, trying to be there for her, and she's like, I'm going to fucking murder you. So, Glennis held her down until they arrived at the hotel, and her grandmother jumped from the car, unharmed, and Janet actually didn't try to hurt her anything, but she did, like, glare at her from inside of the van, like, wanting to. Right. So, yeah, needless to say, the grandma did not ride in that car on the way back. (laughs) She was like, fuck you. Just kidding. She was probably like, I love you, but please don't kill me. Yeah. So, Glennis and Janet stayed back in the van as all the other family members piled out of the cars and took the lion back to the post. Jimmy led the family in apology and prayer to the lion, and after they were done, basically, like, putting the lion back and, you know, apologizing, um, Janet's mental health seemed to improve over the next few hours, and so they gathered back at Carl's, which I believe is, like, the grandpa's house where she had been staying that night before, and um they kind of like had like a little celebratory feast of like fish and chips it was really cute they were all like happy and janet seemed to be doing well but later on that day jimmy said to john that only two of the claws had been released from janet's spirit and that the last claw was not something that he could help with 
the last claw was the talent of hurt that Shane had dug into Janet's spirit. And this was only something that she and her closest family members had the power to remove. That's so sad. I know. So Jimmy had a scheduled medical treatment. So he had to like leave the family and they wouldn't be able to contact him for a few days while he went in and like went through recovery. And this is like one of the most like detrimental parts i guess like like if he wouldn't have had this surgery none of the stuff that comes after this would have happened and it's really sad so um he ended up you know leaving and later that night the family gathered around janet who was just laying in her bed and they started to sing to her and they just like their family mantra seemed to be go with peace and love so they were kind of like addressing her last inner demon and they were just like go with peace and love and you know just like being there for her and loving her mm-hmm. but when they started doing that she began to toss and turn and she started mumbling things again and her family couldn't really make much sense of what she was saying they said she was kind of talking out of order and the few things that they could determine or like hear that she was saying was they're coming they're coming they're coming they're coming the money the money the money the money that 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 and like yeah like so and I'm, I'm saying the word that I'm not speaking a different language or anything but like they didn't they didn't really know like why she was saying any of that like it didn't make any sense right so throughout the whole night and into the next morning now Wednesday Members of the family stood in a circle around Janet, hands joined, praying and chanting, go with peace and love. And they, they did this all night. That's dedication. Yeah. Very close family. Like, they they really love Janet, you mm-hmm. know? Like, unfortunately, this is a sad story with a sad ending. But everything they did, they did out of love. Even if it wasn't right. <laughs> so, later that day, uh, Janet began to have another fit. She... Like, earlier on in the day, she was up and walking around, and she wasn't doing good, but she wasn't doing bad, and then just all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she she started growling, and she started screaming, no, 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 over and over again. So, like I said earlier, this family has roles, and it seems to be, from here on out, that the male family members are the ones who restrain her, and the female family members are the ones who pray, and like kind of like bless her Mm -hmm. so some of the male family members held her down into the bed as female female family members flicked holy water onto her as they prayed and shouted at the demon that it could not have her and to leave her alone and then you know as they were doing that the other family members because again there's like 40 people here they joined around and they all started chanting go with peace and love so that night Janet insisted on getting into the shower. She stood in the shower, fully clothed, with the water on the hottest setting, just, like, letting it pour over her. Her aunt reports that she turned the water temperature back to cold multiple times because she was scared that it was, like, starting to burn her. Mm -hmm. But every time she turned it back to cold, Janet would scream. I'm sure I would, too. You know? Nobody likes cold water. (laughs) Right. But I guess they were, like different screams (laughs) yeah like demonic screams so this is where the idea formed that because water was so sacred to them and like so far with every blessing they would douse her with holy water um 
they decided that the demon must be getting its strength from heat and specifically the hot water as Janet stood in the shower. So they decided to use cold water as their weapon against the demon inside of Janet from here on out. Good. Yeah. So Glennis called out to John and the other male family members that the cold water hurt the demon. So John and two of the other men of the family entered the bathroom where they worked together to hold Janet under the stream of freezing water in the shower. So there's four people in the shower, three of which are men holding Janet under the water. Obviously, she hated this as any person would. Like, that's really violating and scary, whether or not you have a demon inside of you. Right. But John reported that he saw evil rise into her eyes and they turned big and black. Ew. Nope. So as they held Janet under the water, she began to vomit. And the family took this as a sign of evil leaving her body. So once they were done, once she was done vomiting, they were basically like, okay, that's enough. Like, let her out. And one of the family members wiped up her vomit with a towel. And then the family decided that the Makutu was on the towel and in the bathroom. So no one else was allowed to use the bathroom from here on out. Like that. And mind you, this is their only bathroom. Okay. One toilet good one shower 40 people 40 people (laughs) yeah (laughs) so later on after things had calmed down shane showed up her piece of shit baby daddy and he was out there screaming for janet to come outside glennis held on to janet to calm her as john and the other family members went outside to basically get rid of shane for good um and like thankfully this is the last time that shane shows up in the story but that doesn't necessarily mean that her talent has been released because she's still dealing with some demons. So, Glennis held Janet, and she looked into her eyes, and she saw the evil in them. She saw that they were big and black, and this really scared her. So, when John came back inside, she was just like, what is this? Like, this is terrifying. And this spread panic across the entire family. Like, everyone that was there was just like, oh, shit, this is real. Like, she has a demon in her. So the family members forced Janet back onto the bed where they restrained her. And again, the other family members joined around to chant, go with peace and love, which is becoming very ominous at this point. Right. <laughs> like, I don't like it. So again, all through the night and into the next morning, which would put us into Thursday, the family chanted and prayed for Janet. Many of the family members hadn't been to work in over a week, and some of them had even been up with little sleep and little food for upwards of five days so that someone was constantly there to watch Janet and make sure she was okay. So this morning, Thursday morning, more family members arrived to assist with taking care of Janet. A neighbor reported that there were so many family members present that they couldn't even fit all of them in the house and that their chanting had become so loud the entire neighborhood could hear them. That's terrifying it's so scary that's like cultish that's i I can respect family values but like that's that that's too much yeah you're being too much at that point i know and like why do we need 60 people here at that point i feel like you're not gonna get anything done right so this is the day that family members on janet's paternal side began to grow concerned for her and some of them started to show up, but the mothers out of the family would not let them in. 
and because their culture was very sacred to them they wouldn't accept help from any outsiders or any figures of different cultures so like some of them had suggested hey contact like this priest or this person can help you even though they have a different belief than you but like you guys need help and they were like no we got this you guys don't know anything about our culture fuck off bad move on their part um but that's that's how it went so that afternoon family members reported that janet kept on insisting she get into the shower again which girl you're brave (laughs) i wouldn't get back in that shower if that were me i would be like hell no i know what you guys are gonna do to me so the family allowed her to get in the shower but not the hot shower like she had desired again male family members gathered into the shower with her to restrain her and hold her under the cold water they hoped that she was going to throw out more of the evil that was inside of her mm-hmm. and this time it was a little bit different than the last time where they were just holding her this time they pried her eyes open and held her mouth open so that the cold water could cleanse her in her eyes and in her oh no oh no 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 yeah if you truly think about what that sight looks like it's really scary they're holding her eyes and her mouth open yeah i'm not here for that i don't like that no so yeah like i said they hoped that this would rid the evil from her eyes and from inside her body and they reported that this went on for hours no they stood in the shower with her like that for hours so while they were doing this whole shower exorcism her dad showed up and they actually did let him in and he went back into the bathroom where you know where they all were trying to exercise her and it was like as soon as he touched her janet just switched and she gave up the fight which is a good sign yeah so her father tried to get her to leave with him because he was obviously worried about her safety now like he walked in on that scary sight yeah whatever was happening there but janet didn't want to go with him and so he got frustrated and you know sad and scared and he vowed that like the next day he was gonna come back and get her whether she wanted to go or not but unfortunately by the next day she was not and super sad that that's the last time he, he got to see her. You know? Yeah, with her eyes and mouth pried open in the shower with multiple men. I know. I mean, restraining her. Thankfully, everyone was fully clothed. I mean, I know, but... <laughs> but yeah, very... That's just really disturbing. It's a disturbing sight for anyone. Yeah. Doesn't matter who you are. Right. So, the dad left, and Janet decided to go late back down in her bed and get some rest because you know the shower exorcism had taken a lot of her energy her family felt as if things were going to start getting better from there because you know it was like she just suddenly changed you know after they held her in the cold water so it must have worked Mm -hmm. but glennis reported that over the next several hours janet would wake up and walk around and then go back to sleep but things seemed to be going okay but she woke up from one of these naps and she walked out of the house where some of her aunts and uncles had gathered to smoke and they reported that janet stumbled out of the house mumbling those same things that she had been saying tuesday evening which was they're coming they're coming they're coming they're coming the money the money the money the money that 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 and 
she pushed past her relatives and rushed down into the yard and began to scream and cry they're coming they're coming they're coming they're coming and then she started pointing and flailing around like like as if someone was truly coming to get her and so her family members you know rushed out to her and they picked her up and they brought her back inside and she wouldn't stop screaming they're coming they're coming they're coming and she wouldn't stop pointing and this is where the family breaks into like full panic mode and some of the men start punching at the air where she's pointing and they're like (laughs) swinging brooms around like trying to fight off something that really isn't truly physically there right spiritually possibly but there was you know they were just kind of punching the air and this made all of the small children scream and cry (laughs) and like everyone was just freaking the fuck out so the young family members were rushed off into rooms to hide from the chaotic scene and the older members made way so that janet could be put back on the bed they noticed that Janet was clenching onto this bone carving necklace that she had received from her grandmother. And this necklace was really important to her. But the family decided that the demon must be getting its power from the bone carving necklace because it seems as if everything Janet likes, they think the demon is getting power from it. So they chopped this necklace off of her and they laid her down and they tried to give her some cold water, but she whined and she refused the water. And when she finally did take a sip, she began to cough and choke. So, again, family members surround her, chanting, go with peace and love. But things did not get more peaceful or loving from here on out. The family formed what was essentially an assembly line. They plugged up the sink, turned the cold water on blast, gathered all of the cups and bowls in the house, and began to fill them with water, passing them down to the, down the line to the bed where Janet was laying. At the scene of the bed, it's Janet on the bed, her aunt on top of her, restraining her. Like, I don't know how to describe that. Like, she was just, like, on top of her and, like, limbs on limbs, holding her down. There were some men around the bed who were restraining her. And then another circle around of people who were chanting go with peace and love well actually all of them were chanting go with peace and love but like the circle around was handing the bowls and cups of water to the inner circle where they were all pouring the cold water on janet's face and body some of them were prying her eyes open and others were holding her jaw open as others poured water onto her what a horrifying scene yeah this is something of a nightmare yes so of course janet was flailing and screaming and protesting i mean like wouldn't fucking anyone but they didn't see this as a fight against janet they saw this as a fight against the makutu And they were trying to save Janet. Right. This form of cold water exorcism went on for hours and hours. Like, they truly believed that pouring this cold water into Janet's eyes, on her face, in her mouth, onto her body, was going to basically, like, force this demon out of her somehow. Not sure where the logic is there. But that's what they were doing. 
And so because this went on for so long, the house actually began to flood. There was water everywhere. So John took a break hours into this exorcism to like put a hole in the kitchen floor so so that water could drain out of the house like he wasn't like maybe we should turn the water off or do something else or whatever he put a stake in the fucking ground and like let the water drain and so also the bathroom like circling back the bathroom had been blocked off for anyone to use so for all of these hours people were like using napkins and towels to relieve themselves and some of them were even just going in their pants ew yeah and there's children locked in the room so like it's it's shit everywhere yeah no so that's bad parenting yes (laughs) it's cruelty yeah so at some point possibly and probably from exhaustion some of the younger members of the family began to fall ill and pass out. Older members of the family thought it was the demon leaving Janet's body and spreading to the more vulnerable vulnerable members of the family, saying that the eyes of their children were, quote, going strange. Glennis reported that she saw evil in one of the niece's eyes. So, like, everyone is going fucking crazy. There's just evil everywhere. So this is when they went from not only exercising Janet, but they turned their sights on the younger nieces and began exercising them with cold water as well. So there's three exorcisms going on all at one time. One of the nieces seemed to be exercised fairly quickly, but the other one was not as lucky. The younger one is still alive and they never released her name. But she did report that she didn't ever think that her family was trying to intentionally hurt her, but they held her down and exercised her alongside Janet for hours. And at one point, both Janet and the younger niece almost broke free when they like kind of were like reaching for each other and like they almost grabbed each other's hands. But the family members took that as a sign of the demon unifying the girls and that if they were to reach each other, they would become more powerful. So they ripped them apart and basically exercised them all night and into the next day. So now it's Friday. This is where it's reported that Janet cried out some hour early in the morning on Friday. Auntie, stop. Please just let me have a breather. But they didn't take it as Janet saying that. They were like, this is the demon fucking with us and, like, trying to get us to stop. Janet's jaw locked up soon after she said that. From hours of screaming and crying and fighting against the people who were holding her mouth open. But when her jaw locked, like, it locked shut. And the family interpreted that as the Makutu becoming stronger and, like, fighting them and keeping them out so that it could stay in Mm -hmm. they pried janet's mouth back open despite her jaw being locked and she had become so weak and her lungs and muscles were so fatigued that when they continued to pour the water into janet's mouth she could no longer swallow or spit it out fast enough 
and her lungs ended up filling up with water and she drowned oh my god yeah so her uncle john reports that amidst all of the evil chaos going on in the house he didn't realize that janet had passed for way longer much much longer than he should have like she was dead and it was like I don't, I don't know exactly how long, but I want to say, like, upwards of an hour. They were still trying oh to exercise gosh. her, and she was dead. So, once it was apparent that she was dead, he attempted CPR, but it obviously failed because she had been dead for quite some time by then. Right. So, you would think that this would be a bit of a wake-up call for the family members, and they would stop, but really, they just turn their sights to the younger niece and they focus their e- efforts there because they thought that now since Janet had passed the Makutu was most likely fully transferred into the girl mm-hmm. these people are crazy <clears throat> mind you um all of these people were very sane mm-hmm. no one had been doing drugs no one had been drinking they just hadn't slept or eaten in a long time right so, the younger girl's exorcism went on for hours after Janet had passed. They And they continued to hold her down and pour water on her face. And it was reported on some websites and hinted at in the documentary, but they didn't actually, like, go into it. I'm not sure if it was too gruesome. But some articles reported that they had been physically trying to pick the evil out of her eyes. <gasps> with their fingers and some articles reported that they went so far as to suck the evil out of her eyes with their mouths nope 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 and so in the documentary the it's the younger girl who was having this exorcism performed on her basically talking to uh, a detective um And she kind of has her head hung down the whole time and her hair is like kind of covering her face, specifically this one eye. And then towards the end, she like sits up more straight and it's still kind of covering her eye, but you can tell there's something wrong with her eye. They didn't say anything about it in the documentary, but I mean, the reason that like I picked this subject this week, this case, was because I saw like exorcism on a 14 year old girl family members suck her eyeballs to get the demon out and i was just like what the fuck that's so crazy but obviously the story is like way bigger than that but i did want to include i'm not sure if they actually did that but something happened with her eye big yikes yeah very scary don't like that so um she reported that she was telling her family that they were scaring her and she felt like they were going to drown her and she ended up just blacking out and after that like i think everything like someone called a local maori tahanga which was what jimmy was um but this guy's name was dave and they called him to the house and when he entered everybody stopped and they were just like oh shit was that the fridge was it the fridge or did someone knock on our door i don't know was it one of our animals i don't know whatever (laughs) Maybe it's Janet. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh my god, I just scared myself. It was, if anything, it was probably a child knocking on our door. We don't have any candy. We might have COVID. Please leave. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, anyway. <clears throat> so, Dave 
I'm pretty sure it's I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well <laughs> anyway. If we didn't have headphones on, I'm sure it would be a lot easier to tell where that was coming from. Okay. So Dave said that he felt evil in the house and that a spiritual message came through to him and the message was from their recently passed grandmother. She informed them that the Makutu was gone and she was very angry with them. I was like, imagine being dead and just watching your family descend into chaos and murder one of your beloved grandchildren. Like, like her, the grandma and Janet were very close, you know? So like, fuck yeah, she was angry. So Dave opened the windows, blessed his face and was like, you guys need to get this girl to a hospital. Obviously not Janet because she was dead, but the younger niece, they were like, fucking get her some help so that is finally when somebody called the cops hours and hours and hours and hours after the exorcisms had started hours after janet had been dead and after the girl passed out this guy just came in and he was like we need we need some authority in here so the family was put on trial for manslaughter and cruelty to a child and during the trial the family was informed that the statues of the lions from the hotel that they stole that basically brought this makutu onto the family or onto janet and the family i guess they were all kind of possessed at one point because they were all fucking like just pouring water being crazy so the the trial uh i'm sorry so during the trial the family was told that the lions weren't actually over a hundred years old and that they had actually held no spiritual significance to the ground that they were on because they had recently been purchased under new ownership of the hotel and they were just smeared with yogurt in an attempt to make them look old and weathered oh these lions were brand new basically okay like they were just <laughs> the lines from amazon yeah pretty much shipping. how embarrassing though like that's mortifying yeah uh and you just killed someone over it yeah so as the trial went on basically they like called out the family and all their like sacred spiritual beliefs and they were just like water cold water doesn't exercise people what the fuck are you guys doing blah 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 and this was like especially embarrassing for them because the maori people like they don't really talk about their religion in public and like this was like essentially one of the first times anybody was hearing about like a maori ritual i guess or exercise if you whatever so five of the defendants were found guilty of janet's murder and child cruelty and three others were acquitted John and Glennis received community detention, allowing them to live at home under a a curfew. And three other were also sentenced to community service supervision, and they were to take cultural education programs. None of them faced any time in prison. And the court and jury decided that the pain that they were facing for having killed someone they loved so much was enough punishment. And that is the exorcism of Janet Moses. That's insane. I know. I'm surprised they didn't get jail time. I mean, I guess I kind of get it, but like. Yeah, it was just like such a 
weird situation because they were doing it because they really thought that they were saving her. Yeah, I mean, it's not like they intended to kill her. I mean... But at what what point... Right. They were never going to stop, you know? Like, unfortunately. Yeah. So, yeah, heavy shit. Heavy shit. All right, your turn. All right. So, I'm going to talk about a disappearance today. Yeah. Um... I decided to talk about Lauren Spear. Have you heard of I've, her? I don't think so. Um, Crime Junkie covered it. I got a little bit of my notes from them, but I mostly just got it from, like, Wikipedia. Hell yeah. Um, we love Wikipedia. Hell yeah, man. Um, so Lauren was born January 17th, 1991. Um, so she was 20 years old when this happened. She grew up in Scarsdale, New York, and graduated from Edgemont High School. And later enrolled at Indiana University to study textiles and merchandising. Um, She was very active in the Jewish community. She went to Israel to, like, plant trees on behalf of the Jewish National Fund. Sounds Um, like a good person. Yeah. So, yeah. So then um, she had met her boyfriend, Jesse, and a friend... Jay at a summer camp that they all went to together and they continued they all lived in New York and then they all continued their friendship um when they all enrolled at Indiana University okay um on the night that Lauren disappeared she was drinking with a bunch of friends um Jesse stated that he didn't go out with with Lauren or any of her friends Mm -hmm. but he had been texting her before he went to bed Mm -hmm. Uh, um And according to witnesses, Lauren was very intoxicated that night. Um, Bloomington police used video surveillance footage and witness statements to kind of put together that timeline um, about what happened Mm -hmm. before she disappeared. So I'm just kind of going to go over that timeline real quick. Yeah. So at 1230, witnesses said that Lauren left her apartment with her friend David And they went to Jay's apartment where they met up with Corey, who was Jay's neighbor. Okay. Um, I just want to make a point to say this girl is going out to pregame at 1230 in the morning. Hell yeah, sister. I admire the spirit. I am in bed. (laughs) I am ready to. I'm there when the doors open and I am home. Okay. Well, she was 20, right? I'm 23. Okay. Well, when I was 20, this this was exactly me. I I am her. I think I've done this like twice in my life, but that's fine. Oh my God. That was normal. I can't hang. My nights started at midnight. Nope. <laughs> that's because that's when I got out of work at Applebee's. <laughs> <laughs> so at 1.46 in the morning, Lauren is seen entering Kilroy's sports bar, which apparently was like a really popular bar for like college kids mm-hmm. in that area. Okay. And then at 2.27, Lauren is seen leaving the bar with Corey. Um, Lauren had actually left her phone and shoes at the bar. She had taken her shoes off because they had, like, a like an outside patio where there was, like, sand and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so she took her shoes off, and she left them at the bar with her phone. Get it together, sister. Right. So she's just walking around with no shoes on. I've done worse. Uh, yeah, I have, too. <laughs> um... So, Corey walked with Lauren to her apartment complex, and at 2.30, they are seen entering the apartment complex, and at some point when they're there, 
I don't think that they actually made it to Lauren's apartment. Um, When they were on their way up to her apartment, some altercation took place and somebody punched Corey in the face. Oh, shit. Um, Maybe they were, like, being really loud and someone was trying to... I don't know. It it didn't really say much on this. That's so random. Yeah. So something happened, Hmm. you know, in that time frame. Corey got punched in the face. And then they, from what I understand, didn't even go to Lauren's apartment. Oh, they were so close. I know. They just left and they were leaving to go back to Corey's apartment. Okay. So at 2.48 a.m., they leave the apartments and Lauren entered an alley that goes between College Avenue and Morton Street which doesn't really mean anything, but there were security cameras mounted on a nearby apartment um, that show her exiting the alley at 2.51 a.m. and walking towards an empty lot. By Uh, herself? No, Corey's with her. Oh, okay. Lauren's keys and purse were found in that little alley. Oh, girl. Yeah. Get it together. During that time, like when they're in the alley, Mm -hmm. I believe... I saw a couple things that said that she actually, like, face-planted, like, a couple times, so... Yikes. Lauren's having a rough night. Yeah. We've all been there. Yeah. So, Lauren and Corey get to Corey's apartment, and Corey's roommate, Michael, was there, Mm -hmm. Um, and as they're walking into the apartment, Corey was pretty intoxicated too Mm -hmm. and he started stumbling and then he vomited on the stairs like on their way up the stairs so michael i'm sorry uh cory's roommate michael said that he put cory to bed okay and he doesn't really know lauren Uh he he just doesn't know her that's fair so but he did know that lauren knew jay which was Lauren's friend, too. Okay. And they were neighbors. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, Michael said that before, or, like, you know, when Lauren was there, he called Jay, mm-hmm. wanting Jay to come take care of Lauren. Um, Mike said that Lauren was trying to get Mike to keep drinking with her, keep partying. Like, she wasn't ready to call it a night yet. I would love, I would have loved to party with Lauren. <laughs> um... So, eventually, Lauren went to Jay's apartment, where he noticed that she had a bruise under her eye. Um, They do think that it was from when she face-planted. Makes sense. So, who really knows? Mm -hmm. But she she told Jay that she didn't know how she got the bruise either, so. I mean, I'm sure she doesn't remember anything. Right. So, again, she doesn't have her phone with her, Mm -hmm. so she uses Jay's phone to make a couple phone calls. Um, Jay said that Lauren tried to call her friend David and then another friend. Neither one picked up and she didn't leave any messages for them. So then at 4.30, um, again, Lauren was trying to get Jay to keep partying with her, keep the night going. Damn. He wasn't really about it. He tries to get her to stay the night Mm -hmm. and just like... Lay down, chill out. Yeah. Um, Wind down. Yeah. But, again, she wasn't having that either. Right. So, Jay said that Lauren left the apartment, and 
this is the last reported sighting of her. Um, he reported last seeing her at the intersection of 11th Street and College Avenue, which was a straight shot to her apartment. Okay. So she should have been able to get home perfectly fine. Um, so she headed south on on that route. And again, that was the last anybody had seen of her. Um, she was barefoot, wearing black leggings and a white t-shirt. So she was, she was at least heading in the direction of her apartment, right? That's, that's what he made it sound like. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So several hours later, um, Jesse, her boyfriend, mm-hmm. sent Lauren a text and after a little while he got a reply, but it wasn't from Lauren. Mm. It was actually from an employee at the bar that she was at where she left her phone. Mm-hmm. So he contacted Lauren's roommate to get into their apartment to yeah, look for her. Yeah. Go yeah. see what's up. Um, and she's not in the apartment. There's no sign of her being in the apartment at all. So at 4.30 p.m. that day, Jesse reported Lauren missing. Sad. Yeah. Um, Lauren's parents were still living in New York. So Jesse obviously, I think what I saw was that Jesse called Lauren's sister mm-hmm. and she told the parents um, so their parents, again, are in New York, and they actually start calling local hospitals to try to see if she's in... Smart. Yeah, see mm-hmm. if something happened. Um, but she's not in any hospitals that they call. So they fly to Indiana to try to find her. Excuse me. Um, police start conducting search parties. There are multiple search parties going on. Um, Jesse helped with a couple... Um, her boyfriend, mm-hmm. but then his parents actually came and got him and brought him back to New York. I mean, they were probably like, we need to lawyer up, you know, like yeah. they're going to be looking at you. Well, and we need you to be safe here with us. Yeah. And I mean, you'll see here in a little bit, but that's kind of his demise. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. Is the fact that he did leave and he did lawyer oh, up so quickly. No. But that's like, that's like one of the rules. Yeah. I always get a lawyer. I know. But anyway, we'll get there in a minute. <sighs> so, in August of 2011, police conducted a nine-day search of the Sycamore Ridge landfill in Pimento mm-hmm. um, to try to find clues or to try to find Lauren. Mm-hmm. Um, the landfill is where all the trash from Bloomington is hauled. Okay. So, so, if she was somehow dumped in trash. Yeah. Um, there. The FBI actually got involved in this search, too. Oh, wow. Um, and as of May 24th... I'm sorry, nothing was found. They didn't find anything. Okay. And as of May 24th, 2013, investigators had received 3,060 tips on Lauren's disappearance. A hundred of them received during the first half of 2013. Um, none of them... None of them helped in any way, really. Oh, man. So, Lauren's parents have stated that they don't believe that they're going to see their daughter again. They believe that she's... Oops, she, they believe that she's dead. Um, based mm-hmm. on her level of intoxication, they felt that she was probably drugged at the bar. I've been there. Yeah. Probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> um, the family, though, has voiced suspicions about the people who she was with that evening as well again as jesse 
Mm-hmm. Um, Naturally. Apparently, all of them refused to take police-issued polygraphs, and they all retained lawyers. Smart. Right after. I mean, it is smart. It looks suspicious. It does. But it's smart. But at the same time, look at how many people have gone to jail over a crime they didn't commit. Yeah. So, like... Because they took the polygraph. Or because they just opened the... (laughs) Polygraph. Polygraph. Or even just because they didn't keep their mouths shut. Yeah. And they said the wrong thing. I don't know. It seems like these people are doing all the right things. Yeah, I agree. But, um, the parents haven't made any specific accusations. They do believe that the boys know more than what they've told. Uh Uh-huh. Um... The men responded that they have taken privately administered polygraphs as well as one from the FBI. Um, They didn't trust the Bloomington police. So that's also why they all lawyered up. Wait, the parents didn't trust the police? No, no, no. The the boys. Oh, okay. The boys involved. Wow. Fuck the police. Yeah. Sorry. So Lauren was very intoxicated that night. Her friends and Jesse told police that she used a lot of drugs. Um. And that night specifically, she had taken drugs as well as alcohol. Mm-hmm. So who knows what those... Mixed together. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Um, Jesse's mother said that Lauren was asked to leave the summer camp where they met their son because of drug abuse. Oh, no. So, and this is this is what the mom said, and this is a little insensitive to me, but she said, quote, this poor little girl is not with us today because of her drug abuse, unquote. Uh, and that I just, I feel like that's really insensitive, especially because somebody is grieving probably the loss of their daughter, mm-hmm. and regardless of what she was into in her free time she is still worthy of being found and she is still worthy of having her story put out there right so like that's yeah that's not okay that just that kind of rubbed me the wrong way right don't like that no um so jay told investigators that lauren consumed alcohol snorted cocaine and crushed up clonopin tablets that night clonopin Yes. Do you know what that is? Isn't it? Um, it's a downer, isn't it? I don't know. I've never heard of it. Let's look it up. Clon- Spelled with a K. Clonopin. It's either an upper or a downer. I don't remember. Clonopin can treat seizures, panic disorder, and anxiety. So I think it's a downer. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. So she's she's mixing a lot of a lot of downers with an upper that can as well create. as alcohol. Yeah. Yep. So, I, okay, so I saw this on Wiki, but I didn't see it anywhere else, but according to Wiki, she had a rare heart condition uh, called Long Q- QT Syndrome, um, which added danger to the, to her drug use. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. So, that's like an extra, yeah. like, another bad thing. Yes. So police addressed the rumors that implied that Lauren may have overdosed and those with her may have hidden her body to avoid criminal charges. Mm. So the police did acknowledge that they have not ruled out other possibilities such as abduction by a stranger. I was thinking like human trafficking. 
that's a definite possibility i would say but yeah again i think a lot of people especially because the boys did lawyer up so quickly do think that they know what happened to her and they were trying to not get in trouble they yeah they said that they don't necessarily think that the that they that they intentionally hurt her or anything Mm -hmm. but they do think that they were trying to cover up right something i mean i guess it makes sense yes so the family actually hired a private investigator named bo deedle bo deedle um he says that the kids she was with definitely know more than what they're saying and doubts that a fatal drug overdose could be enough motive to hide her death so Mm -hmm. again you know Right. Um, he did cite the prevalence of drug abuse on the Indiana University campus and said, quote, every kid's buying pot, cocaine, drinking pills. He said, I mean, it's all over the place. So that really can't be the motive behind it. And that's so true. I mean, like, yeah, I, I mean, I know not every young adult goes through like a drug phase, but like, it is really common. Well, and that's... They, they actually covered that in Crime Junkie. Like, it's not a super absurd thing for people on no. a college campus to be bought, to be to buy drugs. Exactly. Yeah. It's not. And so... While it can lead to, like, overdosing and stuff like that, like... But again, if she overdosed, like, why haven't... Why haven't they found her? Yeah. You know very I mean? true. Something did happen to her. You're right. Like, I don't know. Yeah. That's just the way I see it. But again, unless... You know, they I mean, she kind of like body. overdosed, and then the boys like hid her body. Well, that's what they think. That's what a lot of people think, but that's also like what the PI was saying. Like he doesn't think that that's enough motive, right, for them to do that. Like if she overdosed, they had nothing to do with that. I get. I don't know because like it sounds like probably they were taking drugs too. Yeah, and that could have like sparked paranoia. Yeah, definitely. You know, like mixing all like uppers and downers that like creates a very unstable state of mind and i mean that's kind of another thing too though is like if you're taking drugs i mean i've never been into drugs but like if you're taking drugs like are you gonna be taking them by yourself especially uh, i never did (laughs) i mean especially if you're like going to hang out with your friends yeah like if you're doing all these hard drugs like are you gonna want to do them by yourself or you're gonna want to do them with your friends some people some people do that though like i don't do drugs anymore but, I mean, it wasn't, like, super long ago that I was into doing drugs, and I I never did them alone, but I do know people who did them by themselves. But that's, I think that that's also where it, where that, like, gray space is between taking it for fun. Yeah. And being addicted to drugs. Yes, that's true. So. And it sounds like she was addicted, though, because she had gotten, like, kicked out of. Yeah. Uh, camp or whatever so maybe she was doing it alone yeah they police also i'm actually gonna get to that in a second but police did find cocaine like in her room okay it was just like a small amount but they still found it in her room right um but on september 2nd 2010 which was nine months before her disappearance lauren was arrested on charges of public intoxication and illegal consumption (gasps) after her disappearance police found that small amount in her room Mm. so that doesn't it just says intoxication illegal consumption and again she wasn't 21 right so it was probably alcohol if i had to guess but it it could have been anything yeah so 
The intense press coverage of the disappearance has been dubbed an example of missing white woman syndrome. Have you ever heard of that? Uh, no. Well, I'm going to tell you what it is. Okay. I've never heard of it either until I saw this. Um, so it is a phenomenon wherein the news media disproportionately covers missing person cases that involve young, white, upper middle class females. So basically... I'll give you an example here in a second, but basically, like, because of who she is and where she comes from, mm -hmm. she's getting a lot more press coverage. Hell yeah. Than somebody else. Dude, of course. That makes so much sense because, unfortunately, society or, you know, like, fucking the people that run the media yeah. are racist and shitty, and they only want to find cute white girls. Well, okay, so the example that was given to me in the article, so in that same town, um, a girl named Crystal Grubb went missing, mm -hmm. and she was white, but she did come from a working class family with family members who did have criminal histories, um, mm. and one of her friends came out and said, quote, when Crystal went missing, it was in the newspaper like once oh. for Spears' disappearance. Everyone here and there's posters everywhere. Or I'm sorry, everyone's here and there's posters everywhere. People walking around. Definitely nothing like what was afforded Crystal. I don't want to say it's because she was of a lower economic class, but that's what it seems to me. Unquote. That's sad. It's so sad and it's so unfair. It just goes right back to like, just like, it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from. Like you are deserving of being found and having your story publicized and 100% having a chance to be found. Yeah. Oh man. We live in a very frustrating world. The system is fucked. Yes. So Lauren's parents filed a civil lawsuit against Corey, Jay and Michael, who was the roommate. Mm -hmm. Um, the suit accused the men of negligence, alleging that, um, Jay and Corey supplied Lauren with alcohol after she was already, quote unquote, visibly intoxicated and then neglected to assure she returned safely to her apartment, which likely led to her death. Uh, the family has stated that they hope the lawsuit will lead to the men's coming forward and more information about what occurred that night. And in 2013, federal judge Tanya Walton Pratt dismissed the suit against Michael ruling that he had no duty to care for Lauren. And then in 2014, Pratt dismissed the suit against the other two men, stating, quote, unfortunately, there could be any number of theories as to what happened to Lauren and what, if any, injuries she may have sustained. Without evidence to prove these theories, it would be impossible for a jury to determine if whatever happened to Spearer was a natural and probable consequence of her intoxication without any other intervening acts that would break the casual chain. I'm sorry, the causal chain. Sad. Yeah. So Lauren's parents have appealed the ruling, and lawyers for the men have stated that their clients have cooperated fully with police and the private investigators hired by the Spire... Uh, Spire. By the, <laughs> by the Spear family, and that all of them have passed private polygraphs. So, Chapman, which I believe is the is one or all of their lawyers, mm -hmm. um, stated they've been interviewed and interviewed and interviewed, and to say they've been less than forthcoming is just not accurate. 
So, in April 2015, the Bloomington police announced that they were investigating a possible link between Lauren's disappearance and the murder of another IU student, Hannah Wilson. Uh, Wilson went missing on April 24th, 2015, after visiting Kilroy's, which was the same bar that Lauren was at. Cursed bar. Yes. Um, Wilson was last seen getting into a taxi in front of the bar and driving away. Her body, though, was actually found the next morning in Brown County. I'm not 100% sure where that is in relevance to... I'm sure the people over there do. Yeah. (laughs) Um, A local man named Daniel Messel was arrested for the murder after his cell phone was discovered near the body. Oh, dumbass. Yeah. Lauren's parents have previously stated they don't believe her disappearance was a random abduction. Um, In July of 2015, the PI they hired concluded that the two cases are unrelated and any similarities between the two cases are coincidental. Sad. Yeah. I mean, good, but like... Sad. Sad. (laughs) Yeah. Um, On January 28th, 2016, the FBI and other police agencies investigated a property in the 2900 block of Old Morgantown Road in Martinsville. Um, According to a statement released by the FBI, the investigators were, quote unquote, following up leads and tips in Morgan County today regarding the disappearance of Lauren Spear. Mm. Um, Investigators brought dogs on the property um, and the dogs actually indicated potential evidence. Really? So wait, I'm sorry. Why were they there? Um, They had a tip or they were following a lead. Sorry, my, my hair was... Oh, they <laughs> were following a lead that this guy was somehow involved. Okay. So, again, they brought they brought the cadaver dogs out there, uh-huh. and they did... The dogs indicated potential evidence. Um, anthropologists conducted a dig, but unfortunately found nothing. Damn. So, as of today, uh, October 31st, 2020, Lauren is still missing. Rip Lauren. Yes. Um, her parents actually did create a website, though, called findlauren.com, where they've posted updates. They've, you know, family has commented on there. Um, it hasn't been updated. At least it doesn't look like it has in quite some time. Um, someone, I know, it's it's super sad. Um, they do also have a Twitter, though, for Lauren. It's called News on, I'm sorry, at News on Lauren S. Um, and it looks like they're still pretty active on that Twitter. So okay. if you want to check that out, if you know anything, if you see anything. Any tips? Yeah, this doesn't look like it's been updated since 2013. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it, it hasn't been updated in a while. But again, it what looks like um, at News on Lauren S. And like I said, it looks like they're still decently active on there. They posted something about Crime Junkie making an episode on them. Um, and that episode came out September of last year so they've been on it at least more recently than yeah their website well i hope they find you lauren i do too i mean at least just to get some closure yeah that's really scary it is scary but again no matter what happened that night she's still deserving of being found she's still and so is crystal wait yeah, so was Crystal. Crystal. So was Crystal Grubb. They yeah. didn't find Crystal, did they? Oh, wait, they did. No, they didn't. That was the other girl. Oh. 
Oh, I don't, so. I don't, I didn't look into Crystal, but if they haven't found Crystal, they deserve to find Crystal too. I hope they find you, Crystal. Me too. If they haven't already. <sighs> but that was the story of the disappearance on Lauren Spear. Um, super sad, but yeah, heavy, heavy. So next week, Alicia, I'm gonna have you cover a cryptid. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I, this is the one that I've been looking forward to the most, and I don't know why, because I don't know what I'm going to cover, but I fucking love cryptids, dude. I love lore. I love weird, magical things. I have so many ideas. I'm so excited, because I was freaking out when I had to do a cryptid. Oh, my God. I know so love many, cryptids. but, like, I just, like, didn't... I don't know. I'm, I'm excited. I love cryptids, too. I have had a, a couple of people suggest cryptids to me. But I don't think I'm going to do any of those. We'll see. Okay, so I'm going to have you do a serial killer. I feel like so far I haven't... I guess you did like a cryptid and an alien. I know. So I've, we've gotten a little supernatural. Yeah. I've done mostly true crime. But like yeah. that's like my favorite thing ever. So I'm here for it. Serial killer. And I have an obnoxious amount of information stored in my brain about serial killers. So I'm super excited for this one. Yay! Well, well, I hopefully hopefully next time we're not sick when we go to record again. You know, I feel I feel like yesterday was the worst of it, and today I'm in good spirits. So I feel like today was a lot worse for me than yesterday. It's your it's your day three, right? Uh, we we got sick around the same time because we had like the same exact like experience. Like you had a sore throat and then I had a sore throat, and we both thought it was just from vaping. <laughs> and then, uh, I'm happy to report that I have stopped vaping. I have not. Sorry, mom. I could That's... not like the thought of even. <sighs> it hurt my lungs. <laughs> so yeah, I think I feel I feel good today. So yeah. yeah, hopefully next week we're not sick. Hopefully we don't have COVID. Hopefully I hear my results tomorrow. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully we don't have COVID. We're fine. I don't think I do. But you never know. Do, 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 well, do, do, do. we'll keep you updated on COVID. Yeah. Uh, if you follow us on social media, our Instagram is creepyweegeepod. Twitter is creepyweegeepod. And you can send us uh, emails asking us how we're feeling at <laughs> <creepyweegeepod laughs> at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter because I'll post my COVID results. <laughs> <laughs> if you care. You should care. You should care. Okay. But I understand if you don't. Yeah. We're irrelevant. No, we're not, Taylor. Delete that. Okay. <laughs> you have to manifest your dreams, bitch. I am manifesting my dreams. We are so fucking relevant. I mean, we are relevant, just... Okay. Swallow it. <laughs> Swallow it, Taylor. <laughs> okay, well... Okay, bye, everyone. We'll see you next week. <laughs>